Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Uh, grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above. And I'm telling you this morning, I'm already pissed off. It's already one of those days. I can tell that Mercury is in the shadow as nothing seems to be working right. I can't get my files to open that I want to open for the show. I don't even know why it is that the broadcast is working because see, here we go. Another warning. I can't open up a file that I just made this morning for the show. So I don't know. We'll see uh, if I can figure out a workaround fast enough for us to be able to utilize that this morning. Um, and we're sitting here in the shadow of Mars moving into Libra, which is already an irritation, right? There's an irritation when Mars is in the sign of Libra because it's in Venus territory, right? It's not in its own territory. In, in uh, astrology, we call this detriment. We say Mars is in his detriment in Libra because he's sitting in a sign that opposes his natal rulership, which is Aries, and Aries and Libra cross from one another. So we have already in the air some irritation, right? Some instability feeling going on. In fact, I woke up this morning and I had this like gut feeling like um, sometimes, you know, you think of like butterfly feelings when something good is going to happen. But I just had this feeling of dread when I woke up this morning. Don't know what that's all about. Perhaps it is the fact that Mars is getting ready to move into Libra, which puts it at the 29th degree or so of Virgo today. In fact, at uh, the time I drew up the chart this morning, uh, it was actually sitting at 29 degrees even of uh, Virgo. So it'll be tomorrow when he moves out of Virgo and into the sign of Libra. So Virgo, or uh, the 29th degree, anytime we have a planet sitting there, it tends to bring up karma or it tends to bring up trigger points. And that, of course, is happening here already this morning. Uh, so today what we're going to do is talk about the moon having moved into Sagittarius over the weekend, actually uh, late yesterday and uh, being in Sagittarius through the day today and through the day tomorrow. Then we'll take a look at what Mars and Libra is going to be bringing to us over the next few weeks. And that should do it, right? Our week isn't all of that crazy. I said uh, the most uh, impactful event will happen tomorrow. And after that, the rest of the week seems pretty quiet. We do have a couple of planetary interactions that we'll talk about. Um, primarily with the sun in an opposition to Neptune and uh, in a trine to Pluto. And then that's really it, right? We're moving down toward the uh, end of the week where we get to the preparation for the full moon. Can't believe that. It seems like we just had the new moon. And in fact, today uh, we're going to see in the transits of the moon that the moon and the sun have come into a square, which means that we are one week past the new moon and it gives us the time to kind of have a crisis of action. What are we going to do, right? How are we going to, if we have set a, an intention with the new moon, the crisis point brings us to an opportunity to redirect our actions if we can stay out of um, fear or if we can stay out of irritation, we can see that perhaps what's happening is the call to a new direction. So before I get deeper into that, let's take a look at the moon in Sagittarius. And uh, first of all, good morning to Christine and Corey and Carol and Kathleen, JLo, good morning, Debbie tibbetts Tumiel. good morning to you. Ursula's birthday is today, so hopefully she pops in here sometime this morning. If you see her, wish her a very happy birthday, Ursula. From my heart to yours, I wish you a very happy birthday and many blessings in the year to come. All right, Moon in Sagittarius. So Sagittarius is right now playing host to the South Node. And the South Node is a place where we hold... Uh, karma, where we hold experiences from the past, where we have the cup, if you will, of our gifts and our talents. And that means that while the moon is in Sagittarius, she is going to pass over the nodes. Now, let's see, the nodes are right now sitting at, oh, that's funny, the south node today is at 444, four degrees, 44 minutes of Sagittarius, and the moon uh, is already beyond that. So we've had that already triggered for us. 
And that might mean maybe a memory of something that you hold from the past, something that you've forgotten, um, perhaps a nostalgic sort of, of uh, place that you wind up be that that you wind up being called to do something that you used to do. So it's an interesting time, I think. When we're looking at Sag energy, we're looking at the energy of the quest for capital T truth, right? The bigger truths, the more organizing principles even of the universe. And Sagittarius is a sign that likes depth. It likes to go deep into whatever that truth is. So the bigger questions have a lot of, of space to contemplate and to dive deeper into what that uh, energy holds for us. So we often think of Sagittarius as the sign that rules religion or philosophy um, or the spiritual beliefs that we have. And then from that point, then we can get to what are the bigger organizing truths. If we take a look and survey all of the different belief systems on the planet, what are the commonalities between them? What are the differences between them? Which one is right, right? That's our human mind. We want to go to which one is correct. Where's the real truth? Which one of those major belief systems holds the truth? And of course, if you're a practitioner in that one belief system, you think that that system holds all the truths. And or I, I don't want to make that blanket statement because a lot of people are a little more open-minded than that. But Sagittarius tends to err on the side of the self-righteous belief that they hold the truth. So we have to be able to get in there when the moon moves through the sign and look at those beliefs, see if we can undo some of that, see if we can become more inclusive rather than exclusive. We're also dealing with our higher guidance when the moon moves through here. So we may hear more from our guides or we may be more intuitive leaning. Uh, we may see more signs or omens and things in the outer world that remind us that there's something more for us to be uh, seeing out there. What, that the quest for truth um, is something that we can possibly entertain by looking at the natural world around us because we are ultimately connected to nature. We're ultimately a part of nature, not separate from it. So we have the natural world as a part of the Sagittarian experience. So intuition based on signs, intuition based on just inner knowing. We don't know how we know what we know, but we know. Interesting always, right? And then we have also intuition when it comes to the body. This is a sign that holds a lot of the gates in human design in the sacral. And the sacral center is one of the centers that grounds us to the planet. And so we have a lot of ability here to determine action based on outer world signs or what we are possibly responding to in uh, terms of uh, generator types of, of energy. Uh, freedom, another key word that we can use for Sagittarius. There's this adventure spirit in the sign. There's the explorer mindset, the, the one that wants to travel to foreign lands or experience foreign cultures to broaden its horizons, let's say. So we're broadening our vision, maybe hopefully uh, seeing a world in in a seeing the world in a bigger light or in a bigger way. With um, Sagittarius energy, it is fire energy. So fire energy is more spontaneous, and with the sacral. Uh, being the center of your human design that's most ca uh, activated for these next few days or the last day and the next two days, um, we have access to that energy that wants to do. But don't forget, you're not called a human doing, you're a human being. So we'll also be working through some of the energies around who are we as humans, right? Who who am I inside of this body and what can I do? What uh, is my calling on the planet? Um, the law, also a part of Sagittarius rulership, especially as Jupiter is the ruling planet here. And we have the concept of ethics and morality. Where's that popping up in our in our lives? Conscious, conscientiousness or consciousness, conscience, 
Do we have a conscience? And are we following our conscience or are we living outside of our conscience? Attorneys and lawsuits and court stuff also all falls under here. Uh, optimism, as we know, it's a sign ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter rules optimism. And then we have faith attached with that. So faith and optimism, seeing the bigger picture, good luck and good fortune also come through the sign of Sagittarius. And it's a sign related to higher education. So when we look across the axis of Gemini and Sagittarius, which remember they're opposite signs from one another. So when we're looking at any one sign, we're also taking a look at the opposite sign. So in the beginning of the conversation this morning, I talked about the South Node being in Sagittarius. Well, that means then that the North Node is in Gemini. So we have an opposition across the signs that helps us to see the traits from both ends of the spectrum. So where Sagittarius likes to go deep, we have Gemini that likes to play the superficial. So where we have uh, something that we want to go deep into and research deeply or contemplate deeply, we also have the potential to look at what's possible when we look across the breadth of things instead of the depth of things. So we have both of those playing in the, in the, the field of our energy today. But primarily, Sagittarius and Gemini are education or mind-oriented signs, even though Sagittarius is fire and Gemini is more of the air, which we typically would, would uh, correlate to information and ideas and so forth. We have an entire axis that's sort of devoted to learning more, to experiencing more to seeing what's possible and then taking the the chance or the risk or the jumping out point into the world to discover what else is out there. So it's not surprising then that uh, Sagittarius would rule higher education, right? The, the, the education after our high school years where we continue on, whether that's in a formal college or university setting or just higher education in terms of technical schools or training that comes after our initial ex, uh, exposure to the education system. But it does rule colleges and institutions. And interesting because here we are in a week where a lot of colleges are getting ready to go back. Um, kids are already showing up in their dorms and getting things set up. Uh, I know here in Washington, the schools, I think, start next week, the colleges and universities anyway. So we have the time right now to get ready to, and prepare for us to go deeper, to learn something on a deeper level. But it's also a time for us to seek answers to some of those questions that I referred to in the beginning. Why am I here? Who am I? What's this life all about? And then also to find solutions. If we're out looking for answers to questions, but we may also be out there looking for solutions to problems. So this is a time, <coughs> excuse me, to find a mentor, to find the information, to look at what more is possible in being able to solve a problem or to be able to entertain some new kind of thought or some new information. All the signs, of course, have the more negative expression or the lower frequency part of them. In Sagittarius, it's the energy of carelessness. And in carelessness, what we mean is that sometimes Sagittarius energy can see the shortcut, can, can see the fastest way through something. Now, just because they can see the fastest way through something uh, doesn't necessarily mean that that's the best way to do things. So we have the tendency and in um Sagittarius energy to become a little bit more short-sighted. Uh, we think we're long-sighted, right? We think we're looking at the long-term uh, and finding the shortcut through something, but then we find out we have to redo it because we've taken the shortcut and that wasn't what was called for. Carelessness there in that respect. Self-righteousness. And we talked a little bit about that at the beginning where we are um, so enamored with our own belief systems with uh, the idea of we hold the truth, our religion is best, right? Ours is the only true religion or the only true belief system or the only true philosophy. And then in that we become self-righteous, right? The self-righteousness appears when we are better than others because of our beliefs. Um, assumptions, another problem child of Sagittarius energy, assuming 
right? And we know what that means, right? Assuming makes an ass out of you and me. And extravagances, Jupiter ruled, right? So we have the potential for overdoing everything, whether it's over imbibing, over buying, over saying, over staying our welcome, um, all of those extravagances um, pushed or propelled forward by Jupiter energy. And of course, the one thing that we all know to be true about Sagittarius energy is their propensity for bluntness, for tough talk in the moment, the truth in the moment, without peppering it or um, spicing it up or flowering it up uh, for people to be able to digest it. Um, it's blunt conversation. In the body, Sagittarius rules the hips and the thighs and the liver. So internally, the liver and also for those of you who suffer from sciatica, um, there's a tendency here for a correlation, not a one-to-one -one relationship, but a correlation between those parts of the body, those conditions of the body, and the sign of Sagittarius. So uh, questions. Let's see. How's everybody? Kathleen Mallory is out there. Hey, Andy, good morning. Sylvester, good morning. Amanda J, good morning to you. Andy Girl said it's 11-11. Uh, so about five minutes ago, I love it. Those numbers keep popping up everywhere. And uh, I hope everybody's having a good day so far. We started out this morning with the energy being a little bit dicey. I'm afraid that's just the way it is, right? When we have Mercury in the shadow of retrograde, we have the potential for all of those kinds of upsets and uh, those uh, little problems that nag at us, right? The, yeah, the ones that tend to just irritate us to show up. Um, but hopefully you guys are getting through that. It's, uh, you know, we're still two weeks out before, uh, or a week and a half, I guess, before Mercury actually turns retrograde. So we still have some time. But it's always that, that shadow period, uh, you know, shadow, look at the words that we use, right? Shadow, the things that we don't expect, or the things we don't see coming, are the ones that show up in the shadow period that we need to work through. So anyway, there we have that. Now, let's take a look at a couple of the transits for the day that are happening with the moon. The moon is going to find herself in a sextile to Mercury in Libra. In fact, that's happening right here at this moment. A sextile is just a name for a 60 degree relationship between the two planets. So Mercury in Libra and Sagittarius being the home of the moon at the moment. And the relationship between the two of them is sort of um, equivalent to colleagues, right, who, who work together, but maybe in different departments. They understand what each other's doing. Maybe they have a similar project they're working on. One person has one role, the other person another role. That's kind of the relationship here between Mercury, the planet of the mind, who's also in the shadow period of its next retrograde in Libra, affecting our relationships, affecting our ability to stay in harmony or to be in peace. And the moon in Sagittarius, which is fire energy, speaking its mind bluntly. So there can be, even though these two sort of get along, there can be the potential for the mind to skip ahead and skipping ahead, meaning maybe skipping steps and having to go back later and pick up the step you, you missed or uh, speeding ahead and saying something that uh, comes without the filters of, um, of, you know, being kind and generous or compassionate. So certainly we want to watch out for that today, even though it's primarily a good energy. Uh, today, the sun is in a square to the moon. And here is a part of the moon sun cycle that we talk about as the crisis of action. So again, in the beginning, go back to the beginning where we had the new moon in Virgo just last week on the 8th, 7th or uh, 6th or 7th, we had this energy of a new beginning that approaches, right? We have the ability to start something new and to set intentions for things that we want to manifest or for the intention for the next step in our, our uh, evolution or involution, whichever one you were working with. And in that then is the beginning of a cycle, a cycle that has, you know, four distinct parts to it, the new moon, the first quarter moon, the full moon, and then the last quarter moon, and then back to the new. And it's that first square that we come to, or the, um, the first quarter moon 
that we come to that provides us with the crisis of action. That means that maybe now we see there is something in our way, a block, uh, a something that seems to be stopping us from our forward momentum toward our intention, toward getting to where we want it to be. So if that's the case, if we're finding that, then the path of least resistance is, remember the energy here that we talk about often is about flow. So if we're talking about flow and we think about water with flow, water moves around or over, creates a new channel, can be dammed up or stopped and then released in a more workable way. So if you're experiencing a square to the intentions that you set back a week or so ago, it's not time to give up on the dream or to give up on the intention. It's time to, to look at it and reimagine it to see where the flow is taking you, right? It's not about just stopping and not continuing. It's really about looking at, well, hmm, this thing has shown up in my pathway. Is this a stop sign, a yield sign, a do something different sign? And following the flow of the universe, likely there's some other way that's being shown to you that is the more appropriate path for you to take. But you won't know that because originally you might feel irritated at being stopped, right? Or being um, uh, at a, a crisis of action. So we have that today the moon being in Sagittarius fire and the sun being in Virgo earth is about what more can we create now? If we want to be practical, the sun in Virgo likes practical. If we want to be creative, the moon in Sagittarius likes creativity. Then how can we create a forward path moving on in what is available to us as the path to move forward? I hope that makes sense to everybody. So, if the crisis point itself might be a call to reevaluate where you are and what steps you were taking, because maybe the path that you thought you needed to take isn't the correct one. And this gives you the opportunity to course correct. There's also a square today by the moon in Sagittarius to Neptune in Pisces. This today would be uh, a call for more contemplation, to bring more consciousness to whatever it is that you're thinking about or whatever it is that you're saying, maybe a slowing down of the, the quickness that the uh, moon in Sagittarius brings us because Neptune in Pisces is slower, it is more spiritual, it is uh, an opportunity, I think, for us to see things more clearly, perhaps through spiritual eyes instead of through just your human eyes, seeing from a higher perspective. And lastly, there's a sextile of the moon in Sag to Jupiter, its ruling sign uh, in Aquarius. So we have a connection between Sagittarius and Aquarius today. And the sextile, again, a 60 degree angle or relationship that is colleagues talking to one another, being able to see each other's point of view. Each one may be going their own way, but they hold something common here. So what's common between Sagittarius energy and Aquarius energy? Well, for one, I can come back with the word freedom. I can come back with the word truth. I can come back with Jupiter, the ruler of the moon's placement in Sagittarius, and Jupiter as a uh, passenger right now in the sign of Aquarius, in broadening our minds, helping, help, helping us to see how to get out of our boxes, right? To see outside the box, which is expansive, right? So there's an expansion that's also the potential common ground between Sagittarius energy uh, where the moon is and uh, Jupiter in Aquarius. So we have basically a good day when we, we talk about the energy of the moon, although emotions may be a little high, a little hot, right? Fire energy. But we also have some really good transits that are going to maybe put a little bit of a break, a little bit of a stopping on some of that more uh, fiery energy hopefully to be able to re-engage our compassion, our love, um, before we open our mouths and say something that hurts another person's feelings or steps on somebody else's um, day, right? Some That can happen. Uh, okay, so my intention at this point was to take a look at the, um, the gates. I might have to do that in a different way here. Let's see if I can get files to open up today. 
uh, I'm going to close that out and I'm going to go for a different route. Let's see if I can do this. Um, just bear with me for a moment because I would like to share with you what the moons, uh, the Sagittarius moons are in astro design or human design. And Sagittarius gates, Sag moon, there we go. But that does not look like the finished one. Oh, I see none of my files want to open. What is up with all of that? We'll work around it a different way. And uh, okay, so now I'm going to go back and share my screen with you all. It's going to look a little different because it's sitting in a program and not on my as a file. Um, so I apologize for that, but. Here we go. Sagittarius gates. Hopefully that's what you're looking at. Somebody please text me or tell me that that's what you're seeing. Um, it'll say Sagittarius gates on the left and all the gates on the right. And let me go back to StreamYard here and tell me somebody, is that what you're seeing? There's always that little bit of a lag. It looks to me as if you're seeing those gates. So I'm going to hold there. So uh, assuming everybody's seeing the gates, let's take a look now at what this in your human design, what gates are the moon is the moon going to be moving through? Thank you, JLo. Uh, the moon today, let's see right now this moment, let's take a look at the gate, but I want to talk about all of them, but I want to see right now, where are the gates? So right now we're sitting at uh, the moon in the gate five. And the gate five is rhythm. And um, let's talk about, let's start from the beginning. We'll just start from the beginning, but we'll know that those gates from the beginning three were from yesterday and earlier this morning. So before we got up this morning and the first gate that we see in Sagittarius energy is uh, the gate that is sitting on the sacral. We have four gates, by the way, on the sacral. The first one is the gate of prosperity, the gate 14. Now, this is a gate in our human design. It is the only gate, really, that links prosperity with doingness. But it's also linked with beingness, since the sacral is the center for doing and being, right? It's the, uh, it, it's the anchor, if you will, to who we are as humans on the planet and the actions that we take and the ability for us to step forward. But that comes from our beingness, not just from doingness. So the very first gate then says we're stepping out into the world through the Sagittarius lens of prosperity. And what does prosperity mean? Well, prosperity is linked to abundance, which is the gate 55 over here on the emotional center. So primarily the doing of creating prosperity is linked to the emotion of feeling abundant, feeling prosperous. But over here is where we put it to work for us, right? So the gate 14 works for prosperity, but the working with the sacral is not meant to be about drudgery and doing things that you don't love. It's really meant about seeking mastery uh, through the gifts and the talents that you naturally have. So it's just this little lens piece. It's this little picture of, of the whole of what it is that we're here to do uh, as individuals, which should be focused on our passion, focused on what we love to do, and not necessarily focused on just work, working for money. But that's what the 14 really enjoys is this idea of being prosperous based on doing the work they love. So that's our first gate. The next gate over is the 34. And this is an important gate because this gate right now is also where the south node is in the human design. Remember, we were talking about the south node this morning being in the sign of Sagittarius. Well, we have a Sagittarius gate that the south node has now moved into, the gate 34, which is called the gate of the now. 
It's a gate that takes us into the present moment. And because it's on the sacral center, it responds to what is showing up in the outer world in the moment, right? In the moment. So it takes action based on something outside of itself in the present moment. So the gate of the now orients us, tells us that only in this moment do we breathe, only in this moment is there life that the past has is done, right? Where there's no life in the past, there's only memory and an awareness of what's gone on in the past. And then the future isn't set yet. So there's only a, a, a desire perhaps for what comes next, but it, it doesn't have life either. So we become very anchored in this very present moment. The next gate was the gate nine, the gate nine also on the sacral center. And here is called the gate of focus. So the gate nine, it gives us a sort of ADD feeling at times where uh, we have this attention that is seemingly, you know, we can focus on <clears throat> something in the moment. And if, if we use that focus in the moment, it becomes sustainable because the nature of the sacral is creating sustainability. But unfortunately, there are so many distractions in the world, so many distractions for our time, for our attention, that we can become scattered. So the gate nine took us through uh, maybe a little bit of struggle to stay focused on something or to not let the distractions of all of the uh, different devices we have, all of the different things going on around us, take us away from what we were focusing on. Now today, the moon is now sitting at the last gate of its sacral um, passage. And this is the gate of rhythm and routine. The gate five takes us into the natural world. It takes us into the natural order of the universe or the natural order of the world. So through rhythm and through uh, healthy habits and through creating uh, sort of a rhythm that we can count on and being, it also calls us to be in rhythm, meaning sometimes we're out of rhythm with what is going on in life, right? We, we try to push ourselves in a direction against the flow. Um, or we're pushing when we should be just holding space and waiting, or we're waiting when we're meant to be taking the next step. So the gate five reminds us, puts us back into a consciousness of rhythm and flow. And then the next gate of the day is going to be the gate 26, which sits on the heart center or the will center or the ego center. We call it all of the, the, all of the above. And the gate 26 is a gate of integrity. And it is all types of integrity here. Physical integrity, meaning is the structure sound, right? Or is the body sound? It is about emotional integrity. Are we in response to things that are showing up or are we reacting to our emotions? It is about integrity of our, our ethics and, mor and morality, if you will. Uh, remember, Sagittarius energy takes us on that trip through that that thought of what's ethical, what's transparency, what's morality, all of those questions coming up. And that mirrors the gate 26 as well. And then the last or the next gate goes jumping up to the Ajna, the center for mental awareness, not mental decision making, just awareness. And the 11 is about ideas, right? Inspired by ideas. Now, then we're not meant to take action or make decisions on what we take action about in the Ajna. So we have to wait for the sacral again, or for whatever your authority is, if you're a projector or um, somebody like that, you have to wait for the invitation to take action. Uh, but ideas, we become inspired by ideas during the later transit of the moon through Sag. And then the last gate it will hit is one of the gates of love, which is self-love. So the gate of self-love will be the last gate. And it just really kind of a, a very quick uh, hit of that gate before we move into Capricorn energy. So the gate of, of self-love are we doing what's in our highest and best good for us, right? What would be the most loving thing that we could do for ourselves in this situation kind of thing? 
All right, so I'm gonna stop sharing my screen there. That gives you an idea of the gates in your human design. And again, it's always a good idea in the morning to have both your human design chart and your astrology chart with you so that you can look at it and uh, be able to see how this applies to you, right? That's why I come on here to do this so that you can learn about how to apply all of this information to your own life, to your own chart. Uh, good morning, Jolie. It's good to see you out there. And JLo says, I have that gate uh, UC with 9-4, the North Node, and 9-6 Neptune. So maybe having uh, sometimes hard for you to see exactly what your destiny is, what the path forward is, and likely something that is in a transition. I can't remember how old you are, JLo, but at about age 40, we shift into the North Node uh, in our human design. Up until that point, we, we tend to try to keep doing things like the South Node, right? The, the, the old us, the part of us that has had experiences and so forth. What we discover at around age 40 is that we have to be moving into the other direction. We have to go the other way in order to grow and evolve and to become more successful. So you're at that, you're 46, so you're just six years into this. Uh, moving in this new direction of finding a focus and finding something uh, that, you know, makes sense for you to focus your life on. But also knowing that that gate sometimes has, uh, when it's sitting there with Neptune, has some um, blurriness to it, like not quite clear what it is that I'm supposed to do. So what I have to do then is go into the sacral energy and respond to what is showing up in my outer world that is a match to my ideas or my my passions and so forth. So I hope that helps. Hope that helps you. Um, okay, so now let's talk about the next big thing going on. The main the main act, if you will, for the week is Mars's movement into the sign of Libra. So if you're a Libra, this is definitely going to affect you through the end of October. Um, it begins tomorrow, so September 14th through the uh, 30th of uh, October. So in that time period, Mars, who is a catalyst in our charts, in our lives, he is the action principle, the masculine energy of doing or movement forward, dynamic action. So the planet Mars can often be assertive, can be aggressive, it could be passive aggressive, especially when it comes into a sign like Libra, because it's in its detriment here. And so in, in astrology, we have um, planets, and the planets can be in one of 12 signs. It's going to be placed sometimes in a sign that it rules, in which case it's powerful. It's going to be placed sometimes in a sign of its exaltation, where it does its best work. And at other times, it's going to be placed in detriment, meaning a place where it doesn't do so well, where it struggles to keep in alignment with the energy of that particular sign. Well, Mars is in detriment in Libra, as it is detriment is usually occurring when it uh, a planet is in the sign that is opposite of its ruler. So Mars as the ruling sign, a ruling planet, excuse me, of Aries finds itself in Libra in an opposition to the sign it rules. And therefore, it is not a happy camper, right? So he's not so happy here. In fact, he's distinctly uncomfortable as he's transiting through this sign. And we have about, what, seven weeks or so of the energy now of Mars in a sign that he's not very comfortable with. So if you have your own astrology chart, right, your own chart like this, get it out, look for Libra. Because not only is Mars moving through Libra, Mercury is going to be in his retrograde phase in bracketed within this same time period in the sign of Libra. So we have uh, an opportunity for a Mercury uh, conjunct Mars. And then we have um, the opportunity for all things Libra to be up in our faces. And what does Libra rule? Our relationships, right? The planet Venus holds sway here and she rules our relationships, she rules our values, she rules money um, and self-love, self-worth, self-esteem. And so we have upheavals perhaps in those areas of our lives, but also there's Libra in a specific house in your chart. 
And so those same things that we just talked about, relationships, finances, values, can all be affecting a certain area of your life. If this chart that I'm looking at right now were a person, it would be affecting the second house. So the house of money that you earn, earned income, the resources that you have to bear or that you bring to bear in your life, including time or people or skills, all of that. And so whatever house that Libra is in, where um, you may need to uh, hold and be peaceful, where you might find yourself in need of bringing things into a harmony or a balance. So likely if that is in a house that you're used to having a lot of freedom, you know, to be in harmony or to be in balance, these next few weeks may see all of that coming undone in some way or, um, and, and it's not like a hundred percent all day long that you have these problems, but there could be these triggers or these little catalysts that start down a pathway of creating trouble. And you have a choice, right? How do I bring these things back into harmony? Well, the only real antidote to, to Mars energy is love, right? To that aggression is more love. So bringing more and more of the loving energy of Venus into the picture and letting go of the aggression, the assertiveness, the anger, the upset, the confrontation, the conflict that Mars can bring up here. Now, for one thing, Mars likes self-guided action. He's his own boss. He's his own person. He decides and then he does, right? That's Mars energy. But Libra is a cooperative, co cooperative sign. It is a collaborator sign. It is about teamwork. So now you have a planet that likes to go his own way in the sign of teamwork. And you can see where the conflict might come up right? I like going this way and I want it my way. My Libra husband said it to me this morning. It's my way or the highway. Boy, if that didn't piss me off, right? Because he was dead wrong. In my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, he was dead wrong. But in true Libra fashion, what does he say to me? It's my way or the highway. Mars moving into Libra. And even though that doesn't happen until tomorrow, we're at the 29th degree, we're already preparing for that eventual move, and how that is going to change up the energy. Mars is a maverick. Mars is a leader. Mars likes action. And in Libra, we have more of that teamwork energy, the uh, place of, of that cooperation. And so we can get tempers flaring when those two come at each other from opposite directions. So we just have to bring awareness to this. We don't have to, we don't have to, you know, devolve into, um, you know, arguing with one another, undermining one another, being angry and upset with one another or conflict. Mars loves conflict. Um, we can, understand that this is just a, an emotional maybe overreaction. Um, this is just two people wanting to go in different directions. It happens, right? It happens. But we have, this is the first time in two years that Mars has been here. So it's not something that we get real familiar with and know how to work with, right? Two years, think of all the things that have happened in two years. <laughs> I'm sure we've to totally forgotten how to make Mars in Libra energy work for us. So we get to relearn this process. And um, JLo says, OMG, Thursday, Mars will be right over my natal moon. Mm, indeed, Mars and the moon, emotional, right? Emotions high, emotions hot, having trouble working together with people. Might be a good day to do a lot of self-work, <laughs> maybe some self-contemplation, go off into nature by yourself somewhere. Um, if you have a job to do, maybe you do it as with as much aloneness as you can, um, because it might be hard for you to be a collaborator that day. You might have a lot of emotional thoughts around that. So Libra in your chart by house is going to tell you where there's instability, where there's agitation and the potential for disruption in your life. So take a look at that. And if you uh, want to throw out maybe what house that's in, in your own chart, we could talk about that. But pretty much we know what the houses mean, right? So if we're looking at the first house, it's the house of self, 
right? So if you have Mars and Libra moving through your first house, it's going to be the I am, the me, 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 me energy, right? So that's where my husband's Mars will be moving through, by the way, is his first house. He's got a Libra rising sign. Libra's on his first house. It is going to be all about me, all about I. And um, I'm just going to have to be aware of that. If it's in the second house, it's about the money. It's about resources. It's about self-esteem and self-worth, right? Value um, and earning power. In the third house, it's about the mind, right? The, it's a mind house. It's a communication house. Libra in the third house would typically see that you have, you know, this very equitable, balanced, or harmonious way of speaking. You bring tact and diplomacy to the uh, speaking world. But with Mars going through there, suddenly you may just shout out what's on your mind without the, the filter that you normally have. In the fourth house, it's going to be the home, family, foundation. If it's the fifth house, it's going to be creative. Now, this can be a, a potentially creative but risky setting for someone. If you have Libra on the fifth house, usually you're not so risk-oriented. But with Mars going through here, you may be being pushed in some way to take some risks, to jump into something new, doing things differently. Sixth house is the environment, your body, inside your body, and your body's health. Um, it's also the people that you work with, your colleagues, your environment that you work in, um, the structures that uh, are around the work and the work that you do. So there could be some upsets in the workplace, perhaps, or some places of disharmony uh, where you have to work harder to be in that more diplomatic and tactful place. The seventh house, relationships, marriages, partnerships, business or otherwise, um, being affected by Libran. Uh, Mars in Libra energy, the eighth house, sex, death, and rebirth. So the potential for transformation, for dealing with other people's money, debt, credit, taxes, all of that. Uh, the ninth house, expansion and growth, the higher mind, seeing things from a higher perspective, um, the idea of broadening your horizons and maybe going too far in one direction or another. Tenth house, your career, your profession, your authority. So maybe this is someone, if you have the Libra on your 10th house, where usually, you know, you try to strike a balance between the things that uh, you are doing that are you being empowered, you in authority, but uh, with other people being more of that collaborator. And some of that might go out the window for these next few weeks, as you're calling more and more of your own authority, uh, wanting things to be done differently. 11th house, wishes, hopes, and dreams, your friendships, your um, associations with other people. So there is potential here to also have upsets in your friends um, or uh, maybe a, a, a change in your dream or your vision for yourself. A 12th house Libra, always trying to keep the more mental subconscious mind in balance. Mars going through there, bringing things up to the surface for you to <laughs> work through. Yay, right? Um, not as a, a way to harm you, but as a way to be able to empower you. And I'm, I'm going to show you, uh, there's Ursula. We wished you happy birthday first thing this morning. And hopefully you're seeing all the wishes from people that are wishing you a happy birthday. It's good to see you out there. Ursula Mars in her first house, right? So you're one of them, right? A Libra rising with Mars in, or is it natal Mars is in your first house? Because I can't remember what your rising is now. You might have to to uh, help us get that a little more clear. And meditation day, JLo says, exactly, exactly. Mars is going over Pluto and Uranus in my sixth. Oh my goodness, Amanda J. To me, now, first of all, Mars um, is a catalyst, right? Uranus and Pluto in a, is gonna affect a wide number of people um, because that have that conjunction and those, that was con those two planets were conjunct in the mid sixties. So 65 ish, 66 ish, 67, and a little bit even, you know, it was closing in on a conjunction for the years prior to that. So it, a generation of you all out there are going to have Mars then going across your natal Pluto and your natal, um, uh, Uranus con conjunction. So what's up for you then is change, right? What's up for you is empowerment. What's up for you is releasing yourself, liberating yourself from some old mode of, of being, working, etc. So depending on the house that that's in for you, 
Um, it's where there's the potential for empowerment and liberation, but Mars as a catalyst doesn't sometimes take into consideration the ease at which things are going to happen. So things can happen in a very fast way, in a very um, almost impulsive sort of way. So just watch for that, but don't hold yourself back either. I mean, this is a big potential, a potential you haven't had for two years, right? So there's something positive, I think, in that as well. Uh, Virgo rising. Uh, okay, so Vir so you have Mars in Virgo then? If that's the case, well, we're going to look at, if we have time, we're going to try to look at your chart, your 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 solar return chart. But we only have 10 minutes, so we probably won't. I'll have to send that to you. Um, so Mars and Libra giving us a lot of opportunity to reevaluate through the things that are irritating to us, through the, you know, little burr under your saddle, uh, through the trigger points that other people might bring to you, through your relationships, right? That certainly happened to me this morning. And I will expect that for those next several weeks, that's going to be the case with a Libra living in my house. <laughs> Can't help it, right? <laughs> uh, okay, now let's see, I'm going to have to go back and do what I did before since I can't seem to share the uh, charts or the, the screen the way, I, I don't know, whatever's going on with that this morning. So I want to show you the Libra gates because there's also, let me get rid of that. Let's make this a little bit bigger. Um, there we go. And then I'm going to share my screen. A Chrome tab. Okay, now you guys should be seeing the human design gates that Mars is going to be moving through over the next seven to eight weeks. And note where most of these gates are. Most of the gates that Libra um, passages have are in the spleen center. The spleen is the center for time, intuition, health, survival energy, basically. So we are up against the fear, potentially, that we're holding in our bodies. We're potentially up against the energy of survival versus thriving, right? Are we thriving and flourishing or are we just barely surviving? So we have those energies that Mars will be triggering for us. Is If you have a relationship hanging on by a thread, this can you know bring that up to the surface so you can for healing not just to break it up although i would say breakups are more potential during this period of time than than not but it doesn't have to be that way because it's all about how it is that you're going to greet this energy so the first gate that mars will go through is the gate 46 which is sitting on the identity center it is a gate of love and it is a love of being in the physical body, the embodiment, being in the physical world. So being in your body and, and knowing what it means to be in the body and to take action based on what the body's pushing for or leading you to or responding to, as opposed to what the mind is leading you to or pushing you to do. So the embodiment piece. Then we jump to the spleen energy, and from here, all the rest of the fear field is triggered. So we have an extended period of time, if you think about it, because we have Mercury moving in retrograde here, and that whole retrograde cycle lasts until November 2nd, from the beginning to the end, right, when he moves into new territory. And we'll have Mars here now from tomorrow until uh, October 30th, and then embodied within that period of time, very shortly here, the sun moves into Libra on, what is it, the 22nd? Uh, looks like it, the 22nd. So from the 22nd of September until the 22nd of October, we're going to have the sun moving through the same area. So there's a lot of focus, guys, on what is going on in our spleen center. So if get your human design chart, look at it, look at the spleen, look at what gates you have defined already. Uh, because that's going to just bring a little more emphasis to those gates as Mars moves through, the sun moves through, Mercury moves through. But then also any gates on the spleen that you have open can be places where a fear is triggered. The first gate we come to is 18. And by the way, I didn't mean to write the word integrity here. That's the gift level when we look at uh, the gate 18 in the gene keys. But it is called the gate of judgment or the gate of realignment. 
uh, in quantum human design. The gate 18 is really about looking at how we can restore things to more joy. People who have the gate 18 are often uh, perfectionistic or they have a real eye to detail and they can see how things would flow better, what colors would look better, what placement would look better, what words would be better, what feelings would be better. So they are very real um, constructive criticizers. But because it's so far away, this gate is so far away from the throat center, right? There's no connection directly from the gate 18 to the throat. In other words, criticism isn't something that we're meant to share. Judgment isn't something that we're meant to share without the invitation to do so. So we'll all be learning how to be constructive criticizers, if you will, how to constructively help people even ourselves realign with joy because the gate at the other end here is the gate of joy and bliss. So that's the next gate that Mars will be in is aligning us with how we can be more in the moment, perfect in the moment, perfectly aligned with joy. After that, uh, Mars will move to the gate 48. Uh, Carol, I know you're out there this morning. We've had a lot of great discussions about the gate 48. And here we have now a long term, several weeks sort of transit of a planet sitting here at the gate of wisdom. Now, the, that, that's the highest level in this gate. In the I Ching, the gate 48 is called the well. And it's a gate where in the shadow, it's an inadequacy where we don't feel like we know enough, we can't do enough, we, we don't have enough. Somehow, <clears throat> we need more knowledge, we need more degrees, we need more credentials, whatever it is. But the gate 48 also tells us that everything we need is within us, within us. So learning to have faith and trust in our own self and our own well of knowledge of experience is what this gate is all about. And then from the gate 48, we move Mars over to the gate 57, which is a gate of intuition or clarity in, in, in knowingness, clear, clarity in your intuitive abilities. It is a fear gate that takes us into the fear of the future. We're living too far in the future and we are afraid of what we're seeing or of the handwriting on the wall, what it means for us, where we're going, all of that kind of thing. So the, the present moment in this gate is about tapping into that small voice that tells you in the moment what's correct for you, where to be, who to be with, what to say, what to do. Uh, but it's a difficult one because intuition in this particular in, um, uh, uh, system doesn't necessarily come from the mind. It's in the body. It's the body's wisdom in the moment. And it doesn't have a real loud voice. It's not like a klaxon or a clarion that's just yelling at you, go that way. Um, it's much quieter than that. And so we have to be quiet and we have to be able to tune inward. Um, the other gate that uh, Mars will be at is the 32, which is called the gate of preservation. But it's also a gate that takes us into the fear of failure, where the gate 54 begins the ambition or the drive or the um, the impetus to move outward into the world uh, to do, right? To be, to learn, uh, to engage our spirituality, to engage in um, becoming something in our lives. And it bumps up immediately to the 32, which is where there is the potential for success, but also the potential for failure or the fear is that we're failures. But what we find in this channel, this whole channel is really about the experience, right? So preservation here is where we're pushing for success, but we're afraid we may fail and we become workaholics potentially with this particular channel activated uh, in our charts. The last gate that Mars will move through is the gate 50, also on the spleen, the gate of nurturing, which is a gate that fails, fears that it will fail in its responsibility to its people, to its family, to its community or tribe. So looks like we're going to have some fun, right? As we go through these Libra gates um, that double as fear gates and that are also gates that can really teach us how the highest and best of who we are when we can let go of fear, right? It puts us in the way of our intuition, of our knowingness. Um, so 
that is it for me this morning. Thank you so much for being here. If you are still with me, hit the thumbs up button if you enjoyed the, vi the, the video and share with your networks, your friends, your family, your social medias. If you've not yet subscribed, please hit the subscribe button if you're on YouTube below the video. Thank you much. I will see you all on Friday. And also, we just wanted to give you a heads up that on the 24th, so not this Friday, but next Friday, uh, Pia and Colin Baird-Smith will be joining us, Pia Orleans, uh, Orlean and Colin Baird-Smith will be joining us from the Pleiadian Earth calendar, and uh, I'm excited to see them. I haven't seen them since uh, early, much earlier, June, I think it was, uh, in the summer. All right, everybody, take care. Uh, much love. Mwah. Bye for now.